Divorce with Confidence is sponsored in part by the law firm of Nader, Naragi, and Woodcock, where they pursue peaceful settlement if possible and aggressive litigation when necessary. Visit them at www.nnwlegal.com. Divorce with Confidence is also sponsored in part by California Divorce Consultants, experienced attorneys offering consultations on a pay-per-minute basis with no obligations and no retainers. Find out more at www.CaliforniaDivorceConsultants.com. Hello and welcome to Divorce with Confidence, a program dedicated to helping you find the tools you need to manage the process of divorce with confidence and to find the solutions that are unique to you. My name is Hamid Naragi. I retired from practicing family law as an attorney after 25 years, during which I litigated, mediated, arbitrated, served as a private judge, as well as a divorce coach. I've also written two self-help divorce books, Divorce with Confidence and How to Manage a Contested Divorce in California. My name is Mary Johnson. I'm a certified divorce and life transition coach. As someone who's gone through the divorce process, I know you can navigate a divorce successfully and even thrive in life afterwards. Divorce can devastate you on many levels. To those who have been touched by it, there is no explanation necessary. And to those who haven't, no explanation is possible. We've helped thousands of people through their divorces and have created this podcast to provide our combined experience and wisdom for your benefits. Tune in each episode for a no-nonsense discussion on the subject of divorce that will help you navigate the process as smoothly and efficiently as possible. Welcome to Divorce with Confidence. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Divorce with Confidence program. Today, we're going to continue our talk about divorcing children, but this time we're talking about adult kids and whether it's about the legal effects or the emotional and psychological impact that divorce can have on them, I don't think there's any doubt that everyone will agree it does affect adult kids just as it does everyone else. And with me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Mary Johnson. Hi, Mary. Good to be with you again. Hi, Hameen. Uh, Great to be talking with you here today. This is an important topic. It's not addressed enough. And the adult children of divorce are really the silent victims. Mm -hmm. The adult children who don't typically get any attention when you talk about this topic, they lose their real home typically. They Mm -hmm. may feel rifts with one or both of the parents. They um, have said that it might force them to become you know, kind of grow up too soon, become more mature in an earlier age. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes they're put in a really awkward position of feeling like they need to protect their younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, the sense that their childhood has been taken away and all of the, quote, adult um, problems that come along with it, it's, it's something I think that needs to be discussed. Yeah, I, I completely agree, which is what we're, why we're talking about it now. Hopefully a lot more people are going to uh, pay it the attention that it deserves. Uh, like, like we keep saying, the subject of adult children isn't addressed enough. And I think the law, and in a lot of cases, even the parents, they somehow assume that just because a person reaches the age of majority, arbitrarily, at least as far as I'm concerned, set at 18, 
that they're now magically able to handle so much more emotionally, psychologically, and as, and, and as well, and as we'll talk about a little bit later, even financially. Right. For, for example, I mentioned last time uh, that we were talking that one thing I hear a lot is that some people put off their divorces until their children are 18 years old. As if once that age happens, that once that age comes around, they won't be affected or that it'll be easier on them somehow. And I mentioned that I didn't see the logic in that because I have two adult kids. And I'll tell you that nothing magical happened on their 18th birthday. Yeah. Nothing happened that would lead anybody to believe that they didn't need us anymore or that they aren't dependent on us for emotional support and guidance. I mean, yeah, 18 years old is when the law says they're adults. And, and we'll talk about that today about what I, what I keep saying is the arbitrary age. Um, but as, as the legal effects of divorce, but let me ask you as a professional and someone who has had adult uh, children after separation. Do you think divorce is easier on adult kids? No, I don't think it's easier. But I have to say, I understand parents' reasoning, thinking that they will be less impacted um, just in terms of, you know, custody issues at age 18. Mm-hmm. But I think everybody's aware you're just choosing between the lesser of two evils, depending on your situation. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so absolutely it's not easier. Different issues. Uh, When my own divorce happened, I had an 18-year-old, quote, adult. And it was just as hard on her, if not harder, than the younger ones. Because I think with with age and maturity comes an awareness of, you know, the the situation and there's less an ability for you to maybe shelter them from the hurts and and the reality of the situation yeah anyway very important subject so let's uh how about some fact versus fiction fiction okay let's go so let's (laughs) uh first one fact or fiction adult children of divorce are not nearly as impacted as minor children but well, we started to talk about it already, so but let me throw it over at you. Yeah, so fiction. Um, there's not a lot of research on it. We do know it's an entirely different set of problems typically than um, you know, younger children face when their parents divorce. If the adult children have their own family, mm-hmm. they now have issues um, regarding their children and their grandparents and how that relationship is going to be impacted. Mm-hmm. And um, so you've got another layer compounding it. Um, regardless of the age, your identity uh, of your family has been broken. It, do- it really doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. And um, as I alluded to before, you can't wave the wand and hide the truth that there's been, you know, for example, perhaps something everybody is talking about, you know, like infidelity, or um, they're able to put some pieces together themselves, whereas you can shield a younger child from that sort of thing, typically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boundaries are different. Some parents divorcing 
maybe let their guard down a bit and lessen the boundaries of what's appropriate for an adult child to hear versus a younger child. Um, but it may be taking the same emotional toll on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think overall the advice is the same. Don't tell them more than they need to know and acknowledge regardless of their age, divorce can be very upsetting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Knowing that couples over 50 um, divorcing has doubled in recent years. Um, there's been noticeably, some, noticeably so. I've noticed yeah. more of that. Yeah, the silver divorces. <laughs> oh, nice. I, they even have a new name for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyhow, um, so there has been some research. There was a study that came out of the National Center for Family and Marriage Research looking at older divorces. So, in older divorces, you're more likely to have these adult children. And what they found is that fathers and mothers tend to react to a breakup quite differently. Um, Regarding adult children, mothers will typically increase their involvement with their adult children. Um, They're twice as likely to have more frequent contact with their adult children after a a gray age, silver age divorce than they did before. Mm -hmm. But what they found for a man is the opposite. They're, They're only half as likely to engage regularly with their grown adult children after a divorce. Um, granted, this is one study, but, you know, it's something to kind of keep your eye out for if you are going through it. I mean, what, if anything, have you seen in your legal practice over the years when it comes to the impact of adult children and divorce? Well, in the legal practice, you don't usually deal with uh, adult children unless True. there's an issue of uh, dependent adult children, uh, which is when an adult child, due to some kind of disability, is unable to care for themselves. And then as a result, the court has the discretion to continue the financial obligation of child support past the age of majority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and there, there's been a lot of cases involving that, which we'll talk about later today. But as far as dealing with the impact on adult kids, the courts and the legal process don't deal with that much. Yeah. Now, as far as uh, statistics and data, uh, you know, that conclude how men deal with children versus how women deal with them, I personally don't give much credit towards those because I, I, I personally speaking from my own experience, okay, in the trenches of litigation and mediation, I've seen women and men act fairly consistently as far as their concern over their kids. And that means that I've seen the best and the worst, okay, in both Mm -hmm. men and women on how they prioritize the issue, how much focus and attention they give the issue that involves their kids. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, you know, you're you're probably not going to see those adult issues popping up uh, when the divorce is in progress. And this would be something that's occurring, you know, later on down the road after, you know, the dust settles and people, you know, start to, you know, find a new norm. Touche. You know, I obviously this research needs to be replicated and it's a generalization, but I think it it's worth mentioning because it's something to be aware of 
and guard against if it starts to happen in your own situation. You know, if you're aware of it and you know there might be that tendency there, then it's easier to take some conscious steps towards preventing it. Because obviously, kids want to maintain a relationship with both parents, regardless of the age. Yeah, I agree. And it's a good point about how far I've been involved with it. I just, I just worry that whenever there's generalizations about one versus another, man versus woman, mom versus dad, this is the kind of thing that makes people defensive. Right. And it, it distracts from the issue at hand, which is to be aware that right. your children deserve the best version of both parents. Right. Ideally working together for the best interest of the kids, regardless of whether they're together or separate. So I, I think it's more important for everyone listening and everyone going through a divorce just to remind yourselves often that the children, whether they're minors or adults, are like you said, Mary, uh, are the innocent victims of what's going on. And the way their parents handle their separation does impact them now, and it's going to impact their future as well. Right. Now, everything we encounter has something to do with the person we become later in life and the way uh, we then interact with the world and the way children see their parents handle a relationship will affect how your child views relationships in the future. I, you know, I, I gave an example in a conversation earlier today, and, and it's, I think it's relevant, is that, uh, you know, thank God I've never been divorced. I've never separated from my spouse. But um, I, I mentioned uh, in a conversation earlier that I was used to be an angry driver. I used to be, uh, I would get very intense if someone cut me off or whatever. And this is when my kids were small. As they grew up and then they started driving, I noticed these kids were angry drivers. <laughs> I noticed that they were all of a sudden, you know, very aggressive. And I'm wondering where did they get that from? Hmm. Uh, it, it didn't take me long. <laughs> Your wife could probably tell yeah. you. <laughs> well, yeah, all I have to do is look in the mirror. Um, it, it, it drove home the point that, look, the kids are always watching. The kids are always learning. And we have to be mindful of that in everything that we do because they're going to repeat that. Yeah. And if if I can just interject for a minute. Yeah. I think that can go the other way, too, though. I would like to think that showing um, courage or mm -hmm. showing um, uh, a respect for other people, regardless of the situation or, you know, showing an optimism, even even though things are not happening around them that they want, all those things I think can also obviously impact the children and help them become more resilient in life. Absolutely. Yeah. They're going to learn from us. So we just have to be careful. What are we teaching? And right. we do, including how do we handle our separations? Right. So let's go on to the next fact or fiction. Adult children also blame themselves for their parents' divorce, just as young children do. Absolutely true. Yeah, they still have a sense of responsibility. Um, we've mentioned before that children typically blame themselves for the breakup of a marriage, whether it's 
you know, a four or five year old up into an adult uh, child of a divorce, they still feel a sense of responsibility. They might be exacerbated by parents um, telling them they stayed together for them while they're young. Um, you know, so that may, you know, harbor some, you know, feelings of, of guilt. It's harder to hide the truth and shelter them from the reality um, in a messy situation. So definitely true. Yeah, I, I unfortunately agree with you completely that it is a true statement. And it breaks my heart that this is true for adults and minor children. Mm -hmm. What's what sane parent would want that? And so to this point, to, to the need for both parents to be aware that something like this is possible, or maybe even likely, and then take that information to cooperate with each other to deal with it appropriately. Right. And, and dealing with it appropriately, by the way, does not mean blaming the other parent. No, it's not your, uh, your fault. It's your mom or dad's fault. That's not what I'm talking about. It's regardless of whatever else is going on, whatever else arguments there are, put that aside and make sure both of you are consistently communicating with the kids that it's not them. Right. Right. Okay. Exactly. Uh, next, fact or fiction. Children of divorce are more hesitant to get married and make commitments after having seen their own parents divorce. So this one is actually a fact, um, depending on whether they're uh, uh, a man or a woman. Um, typically, we hear that when adult children have their parents divorcing, it questions their own relationships, whether they're already married or, you know, in some type of, you know, dating relationship. Mm. It obviously shakes their sense of stability. And um, there was a study done looking at uh, engaged couples prior to marriage. And what they found was, was actually quite interesting. Uh, women, but not men's parental divorce was associated with lower relationship commitment and lower relationship confidence. So um, again, this would be a good reason for especially women to be aware of how their own parents divorce might be um, filtering in and, and kind of colorizing their own relationships. Yeah, and actually, as you were saying all that, I was rereading to myself the question or the factor of fiction. And, and I want to kind of ask you another follow-up question. It says children of divorce are more hesitant to get married and make commitments after having seen their own parents divorce. But I wonder if how the parents divorce has something to do with that. Because, you know, statistically, we all know, we've talked about how prevalent divorce is, unfortunately. Um, so I, I think everyone growing up knows that some marriages end up in separation. Right. But I think my own experience has been the, 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 the people who are reluctant or jaded against relationships are the ones where their parents had a horrible divorce. I've, I've been, I've spoken to people who, whose parents had a very respectable, amicable divorce. And, and in those situations, thinking back, it, it really made no negative impact on them. What, what do you think of that? Um, I mean, I think that's probably true. Mm. Um, I think that's a hard call because you're going to get cultural influences and, you yeah. know, it probably really depends on the situation. 
but obviously um the more the parents can make it an amicable divorce the better off all around uh children are going to be and and have um you know a healthier sense of self i would think mm -hmm. yeah okay good next one uh fact or fiction the impact of divorce wears off by the time the adult child marries and has a family of their own <laughs> no <laughs> um birthday parties will be impacted from then on christmases holidays will be impacted um you know the children still need grandparents you know do now adult children have to struggle with every time perhaps both mom and dad are going to be in the house at the same time for their grandchildren uh you know is there going to be a conflict um always in the back of someone's mind they might be thinking okay if my own parents marriage fell apart after 25 years it can happen to me too mm -hmm. um and then a topic that we haven't really talked about is that one of these great divorces threatens you know the um parents financial security more because there's less time to get yeah. restabilized before retirement and old age and you know, sometimes the adult children are left holding the bag and needing to financially support one or both parents, you know, after a, after a divorce. So a lot of implications. That's got to be tough. I, I, I when you were mentioning uh, the happy celebrations and holidays, I, I was thinking of two specific situations. One was a graduation where I was attending, I was invited, and the, the, the person who graduated, their parents had a horrible divorce. Mm -hmm. And one family had to sit on one side of the bleachers, the other family had to sit on the other side of the bleachers. And I remember vividly when the person, you know, received their diploma and they were coming, they, it, was, it was that very tense moment of, do I go to this family first or do I go to that family? Yeah. Yeah, it just reminded me of that. And the other one was a, a very good friend of mine was getting married, and his parents had a horrible divorce as well. So the entire process, including and I, I was involved in the, I was actually officiating the, the wedding, but the, the entire rehearsal dinners, the reception, everything was so tense, and I could see it in his eyes that this this was just painted. By all of that. So again, keeping in mind that to, to this question, uh, does the impact of divorce wear off? No. Right. No, it doesn't. But hopefully people get better with dealing with it and uh keeping the the environment healthy for everyone. Well, true, hopefully, but better than hope is just to make it happen, to to, right. to remind yourself that look, what I'm doing now, how this divorce is being handled and then even if even if mistakes have made there's always a chance to renew there's always right. a chance to make a new commitment I'm, okay we, we handled the divorce that way but come on it's going to make an impact on all of these events for our kids as they grow up and experience life so let's commit to putting all that away right right okay let's switch it now from a legal perspective uh, i'll ask you a few factor fictions okay <laughs> All right. Number one, turning 18 is the end of child support. Um, 
Yes and no. In, in the traditional sense, yes. When, when a, a person turns 18, and by the way, let me step back and remind everybody that we're dealing in a situation where every state is going to have their own variations on the law. So depending on what state you are, make sure you get reliable legal advice. But um, typically, it's not magically on the 18th birthday, but child support will end when a person reaches the age of majority, usually 18. Mm-hmm. Or if they're in the last year of high school, it's when they would graduate from high school. Okay. And again, every jurisdiction is going to have their own specifics. Uh, uh, but the, every state is consistent in that even before a child reaches the age of 18, if they're emancipated in mm-hmm. some way, whether they get married, whether they join the military or they go through a, a legal process to get legally emancipated. That can also end the child support even before the age of 18. Okay. pretty That's pretty clear cut. Um, here's another one that I don't think is as clear cut or should be. Fact or fiction, college support can be mandated by the courts. Hmm. <clears throat> Typically, no. Uh, I'm not aware of any jurisdiction where there's laws on the books that will mandate it. Uh, arguments can always be made, but um, there are a list of states that will allow a judge to order a parent to provide for college expenses, depending on the various circumstances. Uh, but but it's going to the presumption is going to be against them. They're going to be very strong, even in those limited jurisdictions. There's going to be a, a mountain to climb to be able to get that. Having said that. If the parents agree to it, and that is properly written into a settlement agreement, a judge will sign it, making it a order of the court. The only thing that I would say is make sure you get good financial advice and good legal advice before you enter into any such agreements, because I have seen lawyers have positions on both sides of that fence. Okay. Yeah, personally, I think this is an area where the court system needs to take another look. Um, Because even if the child isn't going to go to college and they're going to work at a job out of high school, Mm -hmm. you know, it's minimum wage. And that child is going to need help financially. And um, personally, I think it's still the responsibility of both parents to do so. And so I think that you know, especially if you have two parents who had the luxury of going to college and have the ability to do so, that 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 should be taken into account looking at, you know, the children. Well, yes. I mean, there's just two separate things that we're talking about. One is recognizing that once they reach the age of majority and graduate high school doesn't mean they can go live by themselves and they don't need any more financial support. Right. That's one discussion. The other discussion is college, college expenses by itself. And the the rationale, at least for those who are against it, including a lot of, a lot of financial advisors, is that that's a very um, that's a very specialized decision for a family to make, and circumstances change. Sometimes parents want to, but they can't afford it, depending on how well they're taking care of themselves. We mentioned, you know, the silver divorces, how old they are. And a lot of financial advisors, for example, have said that, you know, being legally obligated to pay for something 
as opposed to having the option to pay for it and put limitations on it. I'll support you in college if you study this or if you get this kind of grade point average, if you're doing this or that. All of that is taken away once you have a court order that you will and you shall. The other good point that I've heard from financial advisors who are opposed to a legal mandate for you know, paying for college expenses is that I'm thinking back to myself. You now I had to take student loans. I, I, at that age, there's a lot of options for paying for college, but there aren't many options for a parent or an older person to have to support themselves in retirement. So I think the danger is, the point is well taken that look, our kids still need us even when they're going to college. But the reverse of that is that, but if you're ordered to do it, what if you can't? What if you shouldn't? Right. I mean, obviously, I think that the parent's income has to be taken into consideration. But in my opinion, if there's the ability to do that for your child and, you know, the financial ability of, of both parents, then that, the, you know, that that's not something that, um, ah, okay, <laughs> this topic really burns me. That's not uh, something that should be optional if the child wants it and the parents have, have had that um, experience and that they can afford it. I just, okay. I don't know. I mean, you know, it, times are different and it is harder for someone without an education sure. to make a living, you know. Um, so I personally, I think that that now children need more help than ever, including financially um, when they get out of high school. Agreed. Um, yeah, no arguments on that one. Uh, but what I would say is, as I mentioned, all jurisdictions allow the parents to have that discussion and to come up with agreements. And if you have a good mediator, a good attorney, a good coach helping you, you can write a specified agreement for your situation that perhaps leaves uh, room for, look, if financial cha finances change, then we can revisit this. But at least to right. have the framework, as you're mentioning, the right. framework that doesn't make the child feel like, okay, my parents decided to get a divorce. I lose out because I lose the option of having them help me through college. That's right. what I think everybody would agree they don't want. All the rest of it, try to work cooperatively and get proper help so you can have proper language in there to protect both of you and the kids. Right. Okay, good point. Um, you mentioned adult child support earlier. Who Who qualifies for adult child support? Yeah, adult child support, again, to go to go back and, and explain it, is regular child support would normally end up at the age of majority and mm -hmm. then if they finish high school. But depending on the state, if the law allows it, then support for a child can continue past that age of majority. For example, in California, the language that the, the law says that if a, a parent can argue that their child, this adult child, is incapacitated, that's a word, incapacitated from earning a living, and the child is also without sufficient means. If you can establish those two tests, then you can ask the court to continue support. Okay. In, in other places, they're going to have different variations of it. For example, in Texas, 
they have the word disable and unable. So in Texas, you have to be able to prove that the child is disabled and unable to support themselves. Mm-hmm. And they added one little requirement that that disability had to have existed before the child turns 18. Not that they're 19, 20, 21, or 25 years old. They develop a disability, can't support themselves, and then you go back. So, yes, there are circumstances where that can happen. The moral being that you got to check with the specific state to see what the requirements are. Okay. So, I mean, it sounds like a, a good word of advice is to look at your specific situation in your state and see what your options are. In terms That's always of the case. Yeah. That's always the case. And if you do have a divorce coach, if you are working with a mediator, go to them first. Have them point you in the right direction so that you get the right amount of help for your specific situation. I always use the, the visual of you don't want to hit a thumbtack with a sledgehammer. You're going to do more damage. So, you know, I'm always reluctant to tell people to immediately run off to a lawyer. Sometimes that can do good. Sometimes that can do harm. Right. Right. That's why you and I both started coaching is to help people make those tough decisions of how much do I help do I need? Do I need any help at all? And then how do I get it? Right. And, and to have someone to help think through all the different options because, you yeah. know, there are, there are obviously ways to go through a divorce that end up, you know, much more um, harmonious for everybody involved. And obviously that's, that's what we would like to see and to strive for and to help people achieve. Mm-hmm. Well, um, thank you. Thank you for a very good discussion on this. Uh, and I hope that this has been helpful for everyone out there listening. And I would invite you to stay tuned to our next podcast. Uh, and until then, please take care of yourself and be well. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you found the information helpful and that you will share it with anyone who may also be helped by it. Remember to click subscribe to get an alert for new episodes and go to divorcewithconfidence.org for a list of past shows as well as leaving questions and ideas for future programs on Instagram at Divorce with Confidence. The content and conversations in this podcast are for informational and entertainment purposes only and do not contain legal advice, legal opinions, or any other form of advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Communication of information through this podcast, one, does not create or constitute an attorney-client relationship, two, is not intended as a solicitation to create an attorney-client relationship to provide legal services as to any particular matter, and three, is not intended to convey or constitute legal advice or to provide a substitute for obtaining legal advice from a qualified attorney. You should not act upon any such information without seeking qualified legal counsel on your specific needs.